0: So, hey, welcome to the next, this, I guess I should say this episode, not the next, this episode of the Making Disciples Everyday podcast. And I'm Jason Dukes on team with Brentwood Baptist. My friend Paul Wilkinson is here with me as well. And I'm excited about today's episode because we are talking about something that actually uh, the last time we talked about a Sabbath type of topic, it ended up being, I think, our highest uh, yeah, it, it had no, the most listens, really was. if I remember correctly, really uh, as far as the episode, the podcast the goes. And so, yeah, with Chris Brooks. And so um, all that to say, similar topic today, talking about rhythms of renewal and rest and technology and time and how we handle just the chaotic nature of our culture. And we find our way in that in this True North series, but also that we think about what that means in the framework of disciple making. So Rebecca is going to join us. Uh, we'll, she'll chime in on the recording here in just a minute, but let me make sure you know who she is. She is, uh, by the way, you spell her name, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S, and I say that because RebeccaLyons.com is the website you can go to if you want to find out more about her. But Rebecca is a national speaker and best-selling author, and some of the books that she's written include You Are Free?, Uh, Be Who You Are Already, Free Fall to Fly, A Breathtaking Journey Toward a Life of Meaning, and then her new book, which comes out October 1st, called Rhythms of Renewal. Uh, Her bio says that she's an old soul with a contemporary honest voice, and she reveals her own battles to overcome anxiety and depression, and invites others to discover and boldly pursue their God-given purpose from a place of freedom. And so, finding joy in raising a special needs child, along with her other kids, uh, she and Gabe, she wears her hearts on her her heart, excuse me, on her sleeve, a benefit to friends and readers alike. And you might not know this, but her work has been featured on Good Morning America, CNN, Huffington Post, The Tennessean, Publishers Weekly, and more. And then I think I'm not sure; I'd have to ask her uh, administrative assistant, but. She's going to be on the Today Show uh, soon as well, I think, in relation to this new book that's coming out. And so, uh, very thankful for her. I think if you don't know about Q, it's helpful for you to also know she was the co-founder of what is now called Q Ideas with her husband, Gabe. And it's a nonprofit organization that helps Christian leaders winsomely engage in culture. And uh, it's an amazing uh, organization and now even that's producing lots of content to help us do just that. And it's, it's actually very helpful content. And um, qideas.org I think is the website, but we'll, we'll try to provide that link for you in the notes. And so we're going to dive in here with Rebecca and go right into the topic of finding our way with tech and time and rest and renewal and mainly just talk to her about the rhythms that she discovered uh, that helped her to live out this life with Jesus and, and a life from rest instead of a life that's just crying out for rest. So let's, let's dive into the subject here. So we're, we're, we're in the middle of this series, uh, True North, and, and we're, we're dialoguing about finding our way in various subjects. And and one of those subjects is finding our way when it comes to technology and time. And, and so there's lots of implications, lots of directions we could go there. Um, but, you know, Rebecca, you recently are, are you finished? Not too long ago, I'm assuming a book on, called rhythms and renewal. You're um, launching a podcast with Gabe, your husband on, called rhythms of life. You know, Maybe just start us off by telling a little bit about the journey that got you to the place where you felt like, man, I, I need to write on this. We need to talk about this subject. Maybe share if you're willing, however much of uh, vulnerability you're willing to give into it, just sure. about that journey of how you arrived there.
1: Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I'm honored and I'm grateful to share with you and learn um, what you have to share as well today. So uh, just a little bit of a backstory for me is that in the year 2010, Gabe and I decided it would make perfect sense to move our three children, who at the time were four, seven, and nine years of age, uh, to Midtown Manhattan from the suburbs of Atlanta. And so we were in the center of the buckle of the Bible belt. And we basically sold 75% of what we had. We decided to move to New York City. And right in that summer, my daughter, my youngest was starting kindergarten. So I was kind of ending this proverbial decade of being home full time with diapers and Cheerios and poop. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, as they're starting kindergarten, I'm thinking like we're entering a season of meat, like almost like a midlife reset for me. And so I think I'm going to you know, find meaning and adventure in New York city. And it turns out I found surrender instead. Mm. And I learned the hard way that meaning follows surrender. It doesn't come before it, it comes after it. <laughs> and part of that was because four months into my time in New York, I had my first panic attack on a flight from Atlanta back to LaGuardia around midnight in the middle of a real turbulent storm. And I like, fell in the fetal position of the galley of the plane while everyone else is buckled in. I, I had, I, something rose in me and that now I can look back and call it panic disorder. But at the time I had no language for it. I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart attack and Mm -hmm. it began that day and continued in elevators, trains, planes, subways, and crowds. And so basically there was no way to avoid it in New York city. And I was crying out to God a lot in this season. Couldn't make sense of it and about a year in i remember friends praying over me and then feeling this pressure again in the middle of the night now i had panic attacks in my bed it was like it started to just happen everywhere and I cried out to God and I just, the peace of Christ flood, flooded me that night in particular in a way that like the panic was done. It was done. And um, I didn't, wouldn't have called it healing then. I just was like, I don't know what's happening right now. But the next day I walked out and got on a train and I wasn't, I didn't have a panic attack. And so over the course of the next six years, I did not have any more panic attacks. I would have like bouts of you know, labored breathing or what we call shallow breathing, like just the the stress and the pressure of anxiety can sometimes feel like you just can't get a deep breath. But I didn't any longer feel gripped in fear with claustrophobia for over six years. And so, and so as a result, I started talking about mental health in the church and really kind of pulling it out of the shame closet and more talking about it of like, our chemistry of our bodies. And then what does faith look like in this? And how how is, if Jesus is our peace and he is the Prince of peace and we come under that covering peace, like I needed all of that to come together for me. So that science and faith were a huge integral part of my healing journey. And while doing that, I remember coming, writing the first book, coming back into the city, uh, at the end of that summer, feeling a little anxious, getting back on the, um, on the, on the train, on the subway and thinking I, and wrote in my journal that day, I need rhythms of renewal. I need rhythms to help me walk out this healing journey. And it took, I had all these like grand plans and it was very meticulous. And (laughs) this was literally eight years ago. I was like, I need rhythms in my life for sustained health because relapse can happen so fast. The minute you're on a crowded subway and I needed to relearn like the muscle memory. And so I had things like an artist date and, you know, go for a run in central park every morning or have coffee with a friend and, you know, make something from scratch at home. Like I was trying everything and I was failing cause I was being too, um, like meticulous about it. I had read, um, Gretchen Rubin's happiness project and I'm like, this is going to be a project and we are going to get <laughs> healthy and we're going to do it perfectly, which only created more stress. So in, but in short, over the course of several years, I was able to just pare it down to these four, four rhythms that I believe are essential are an essential part of our emotional and spiritual and relational health. And um, they're really just because I call them rhythms, not habits or not tasks, because rhythm means it never ends. We don't like arrive one day at age 40 something or 60 something and decide we no longer have to have these practices in our lives. No, the whole point of a rhythm is that we can literally walk in the cadence with God as his created, in his created order and say, Hey, this is actually a life of flourishing. Like a a rhythmic life is a life that is sustained and grows and is flourishing. And so I, I please hear me. I come not as someone who's arrived, but one who is walking alongside Hmm. I just had to like give language to it for me because yeah. I'm such a linear thinker. And and so even the order of the rhythms for me mattered and how they build upon each other matters. And then a small expression of each one um, daily, weekly, monthly, annually also matters.
0: Yeah. That's so good. So So, and I appreciate your vulnerability big time. I mean, I think, for those that are listening it's it's so helpful that we can be honest about not only mental health but any element of emotional um or stress emotion or a stress that that I think a lot of times in in the American church for some reason we have almost kind of ignored or stayed away from and 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 I think to in these current days we're we're at least engaging that topic more. And I appreciate you doing that big time. And 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 I think your heart cry there in New York City is a lot like, even though maybe some of the panic disorder elements don't go along with everyone that's that that might hear this. I think a lot of people are 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 crying out for those rhythms of renewal, right? I mean, do you agree? To, as you engage with people, I'm sure it's been I hope it's been, I'll say, encouraging and affirming of this journey that you've been on.
1: Right. And so o- over the second book was about like taking the freedom that Christ bought for us, like actually receiving it and living it. And this book is really more about like, what is walking that out look like? Because what I would get a lot of times when I would pray with people on the road, uh, I, would, I started teaching, I was never planning on writing a book and I certainly was never planning a vocation of public speaking on any level. I just, I'm a chronic oversharer and God gave me a story I can't shut up about. So <laughs> yes, this is what we're doing. Um, but I do believe that um, as I would meet with people, I mean, I've been traveling to share this message of, of, of freedom and healing, quite frankly, for seven years. And the question I kept get, getting asked even after coming home or people emailing back in later or people I would just meet in book lines or whatever, they would say, okay, I'm starting to like sense some release, some freedom, some closure of the old patterns. But what do I do now? Like yeah. it was also, like, people kept just saying, I want to get healthy. I want to stop having racing thoughts. I want to stop having a mind. that won't quit. I want to stop being anxious or fearful. I know scripture tells us not to, but, but beyond that, like what, what can I do? What are practical, actionable steps I can take? And I, and I was thinking, well, you know, I actually, I asked those same exact questions because yes, I meet, you know, there is a chapter on morning routine and meeting the Lord first thing in the day and like in a posture of release. So for me, that's kneeling because kneeling makes your body naturally, um, your, your breathing slows down, which means you're actually more present and more centered. And then I do palms up because it's like a surrendered posture and it's a release and say, yeah. Jesus, I receive whatever it is you have for me today. And I lay down the worries and the cares of yesterday. And so, yes, for sure. Like that, but I think sometimes we just don't talk enough about like, Hey, here's some ways I do it. Like it's not prescriptive, make it your own. Sure. But these are still essential rhythms that you can't run from because God established them in his created order from the beginning And he made the universe in rhythm and then made us as the fulfillment of his creation. Like the last day, he made us even as beings to live in rhythm as well. And so when we're outside of those rhythmic boundaries that God established when he created the earth, then chaos ensues, which is what you're describing in culture today. There is a chaos because people have stepped beyond the boundaries, the safety net that God has established in his created order, whether it's male and female, whether it's like turning your phone off at night, whether, you know, let, let the sunset be what it is and stop being on a screen and scrolling all night. Um, make sure that he, the food he gives us from the ground is something that we actually partake of instead of everything we put in our mouths being made in a plant not on a plant, not (laughs) our podcast a week ago, um, Ben Crane said, eat the things that are grown as a plant, not made in a plant. So again, just (laughs) like Jesus, even in his ministry, I studied where um, some scholars believe he walked over 3000 miles just in three years to get all the places that he needed to go. And I was like, so Jesus, when he said, follow me, he literally meant no, like actually with your legs, follow me, like come with me, I'll show you how to learn these unforced rhythms of grace. And we think everything is just metaphor, but Jesus is like, their Middle Eastern diet is not what we eat today. And the way they walked everywhere and the way they embodied, like being present for one another with eye contact, with physical touch, like these are all things I address in the book. And so essentially, these rhythms are all about us becoming human again.
0: Yeah yeah it's so good it's so good i i i uh i was out in l a when in back in two thousand and five and and um meeting with some folks that were connected to mosaic church and McMahon. the McManus brothers were a part of this alex and irwin and and um and even even then i remember Irwin made a statement about um just becoming human again and that that's a that's uh that's i appreciate I just i love that you said that because i think that is what we're losing we're, we're losing this you know like how andy crouch at q i think said we're already cyborgs right like we you know we already can't think without our phones our, our this this computer that we carry around in our pockets and
1: and it's actually going to get far worse. I don't want to be doomsday, but Gabe, obviously, um, with Q, he's always looking to trends where things are going societally, and there's already things happening around the globe where people are putting implants in their brains, they're putting them in their hands, and it, and it, they're they're all contrasting it to saying, oh, it's like it's just an easier way of having an iPhone. It's amazing to me how the iPhone or how it how a smartphone or or a, even a watch on your hand now is becoming embodied yeah. um, because like, I just don't think people quite understand the battle that's against humanity being human, being fully human, because part of being fully human is to be fully known and to be fully loved as you are. And the only one who can do that is God. And then God in us can help us do that for one another. And yeah. what we're seeing instead are these deaths of despair. I just watched, um, just a documentary um one nation under stress uh, with sanjay gupta and he basically was talking about our lifespan in the u.s is actually shortening among um, white males um, through three deaths of despair so we've got um, opioid addiction um, cirrhosis of the liver from alcoholism and then suicide So all of a sudden we, even as a people on our soil are breaking down because we don't even know what to do with the fact that we have almost lost a sense of who we are.
0: And and I love that because I I was listening to you talk on us basically about this same topic uh, with my wife. We were watching the if gathering together Mm. and, uh, uh, and I've heard you on a couple other occasions, different things like you and other things too. But, but, but in that particular one, I remember uh, she had said, hey, tonight or something, I'm, I'm going to pull back up the recording. Let's watch Rebecca's thing together. And, and I remember sitting there as you're talking and thinking, you're, you're giving some handles to what Jesus said when he said to Martha, hey, just come sit with me, mm-hmm. right? Like I felt, that's what I felt in that moment. I felt like God's spirit was whispering and saying, listen to this, listen mm-hmm. to these practical suggestions that she's offering mm-hmm. to, to help us sit with him instead of just be busy for him. And, exactly. and, and so, you know, for the culture at large, it may not even be an issue of being busy for God for the church culture. Certainly that, that is involved, yes. but, but, I love that you're giving these practical elements. And I want to ask you if you're willing to share what those four are, or if you want me just to tell our listeners to buy the book, but <laughs> but but the which I'm good with either. But let me say before you before I ask you the four, that just framing this inside of disciple making and that mindset, one thing that we're encouraging among our congregations is that people understand that serving that eating that even abiding and sabbathing mm-hmm. are are framed inside of how Jesus made disciples. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He didn't just invite them along to a Bible study. He he didn't just invite them along. They didn't even have a Bible to study, which is another conversation, but but the, they they had him, right? He was the living word. And, and then he invited them to serve and he invited them to eat with him and he invited them to Sabbath with him. Like these men sabbathed with him, right? Like, and I, I just I think as, if you're listening, you know, don't just hear these things that, that, that you're suggesting. Don't just hear these things and say, okay, this is just my personal journey. Right? What I think you've been so gracious to do is invite other people along into this with you. And that's what disciple making is all about. I mean, even if we take on these rhythms, inviting other people into those rhythms with us is life-giving to them too. And I think for the purposes of what we're really trying to encourage in this podcast, I want to point that out. And then ask you if you're willing to share those four rhythms of renewal. Obviously, you unpack them more in the book, but if you're willing to share those.
1: Absolutely. I do think it's helpful to just, I need framework. Um, And so these are a framework. And they really are um, um, an invitation to do these with God, Emmanuel, who is actually like, part of the point is that by being intentional, when you are in these rhythms, it, they require pursuit and they require a proactive step, but it's not to do something for God. It's to be with him in that. So the first two rhythms are input rhythms, uh, because you can't give what you haven't received. And so I break, there's four rhythms in the book. They are rest, restore, connect and create. And the first two are input rhythms and the last two are output rhythms. And so the reason I do it that way and order it that way is because rest is all about our spiritual life and our, our inner life, our spiritual health our making sure we're receiving from God, even those first fruits of the day and how we even order our day and what we have to do when we go out of our doors. And so some examples of rest, um, our tech detox like that's just a great like what i learned by just cutting the noise and making a lot of room because we don't run to earn rest we run from a posture of rest Mm. so if we start with rest then we're going to actually have an overflow or an abundance to then spill out into the other expressions of these rhythms so rest examples are getting quiet doing the heart work examine and confess um Routines for deep sleep, counting sheep, morning routine, coffee, candle, and a pen. And then the last one, I have seven, Uh, seven chapters for each rhythm. So it's in four sections in the book. Um, And then the last one, obviously, is stop the work and practice Sabbath and really just talk about that. You know, here's some examples of how to practice Sabbath. Um, Rhythm two is restore. And that's all about our physical health. And that's what I was talking earlier about, like, take a walk clear the brain fog, seek adventure, take a trip, break a sweat, use the workout pants, like actually use them. <laughs> um, push yourself beyond your comfort zone. Know your identity. Labels don't define you eat smart brain food and permission to play giving up control. So part, part of restore is physically, God created us in rhythm. And our, when we get out of rhythm, again, not only do we have chaos in our rest in our sleep in our mental space, We have, our bodies react, our bodies pay the price. And and so I learned a lot of these things the hard way. And then what I had to do to kind of get back into that. And then finally the last two um, are output rhythms. Like I said, connect is about relational health and that's um, chapters on vulnerability and friendship, conflict resolution, marriage, physical touch, uh, bearing one another's burdens and hospitality. So again, what are proactive steps that we can say, God, you operating through me, show me how to love and look people in the eyes and give them a hug and hear and really hear their pain. Help me read behind the eyes and hear what's not being said. Give me discernment through spiritual wisdom from above on how to bless someone else. And so that's all about our relational health. And then finally, the last rhythm is create. Create. And I love ending with create because they almost build on one another. So if you're rested and then you ate well and you feel like you have energy and then you have community. See, as you said, like Jesus, um, he was with people. And then there's this triune God who is communal. So he's like, I'm going to make you to me community. And then as community, you can actually collaborate and create. And so create is I think of like everything I've ever done. People think writing is a solitary sport, but no, I have a team of like 10 people who are very involved in my work that I seek counsel from, we brainstorm together, we, it's, it's a team, it's so much more joyful when we're doing things as a team. So, Create is all about our vocational health, like our calling or our purpose, and essentially, it harkens back to um, Psalm 139, when God says, I, you know, your frame wasn't hidden, I knit you in your mother's womb, my works were wonderful, I know that full well, and, and then he says, all your days were written and planned, in my book, before one of them began. And so it's this idea that, that destiny is called out from a father to a, to, a, to a son or a daughter. You know, even in the creation of knitting our bodies, saying, I'm gonna call you to these plans and purposes you can't even see yet, but they're gonna be exceeding and abundant. Above all, you could ask or think if you um, come under and, sub- like, almost just come under just the, the adventure that I'm inviting you into. And, and what I'm asking you to do, I've already put everything in you that you're going to need to walk that out, but it is going to require dependence on me. And so in that section, it's topics like dreaming again, recovering your passion, working with your hands, learn something new, make a memory, take a risk, take care of something. And then finally you were made for this. And so it's almost like a manifest manifesto of Hey, just these small practical expressions of rest, restore, connect, create, whether it's on a daily basis or weekly or monthly or annually. um, I give a lot of tips of like, here's what a day version of this looks like. Here's what a week's version of this looks like. Here's what maybe annually this could look like. But just making sure that rhythms are exactly that, that we're living them out in a cadence, walking with our God.
0: So good, so good, and Rebecca, you've been gracious and generous with your time and and we are very appreciative that you were willing to join us um and and so, just really thank you well, Paul and I may take a few minutes to even share some thoughts based on what you said, but we want to be honoring of of your time and and um and so I know that that time is is coming to a to a close like I love that. I love how you have unpacked those. I can't wait to read the book. Um, and I would encourage our listeners to, to also, um, check that out to make sure that they can grab that from wherever they get their books. And, and, um, it, you know, what, just one, maybe one final thought we've got, I know you've probably got like 30 seconds here before you need to jet, but maybe one final thought um, that you might just encourage our listeners with just to what's a first step or what's a, what's the initial moment or thought like that says, yes, I'm going to embrace these. I'm not just going to create new habits. I'm going to actually try to create a completely new mindset and rhythm of the way I'm living my life.
1: Sure. The first thing I had to do and that I invite readers to do is just to take inventory of your life what's right, what's wrong, what's confused, and what's missing. Because until you assess, you can't know where to begin. And so the first chapter in rest is take inventory and quit something. <laughs> so actually, I'm asking everyone to quit something that is, is draining them, that they feel duty-bound to, but actually is almost um, killing even the possibility of like um, maybe what God wants to birth in them. So partly um, on my site, on RebeccaLyons.com, we offer that a free 14-page Take Inventory of Your Life guided PDF. uh, Mm -hmm. You pre-order the book. Um, It comes out October 1, so I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but even after that, we'll still have it available. So it's a Take Inventory of Your Life guide. And then it it helps you really process all four rhythms um, where you're strong in some, where you're not in others and some tips on how to grow or strengthen the ones that are harder for you. Uh, But just know this isn't a task list. This isn't a to do. It's more unlayering the things that are draining and burning us out and making us exhausted and go, Hey, let's lay those things down and let's rebuild a life. That's this fullness, this full expression of rest and restore and connect and create. And when we rebuild it in the way that God intended, um, we're going to watch a healing journey play out.
0: So good. So good. Well, we will highlight that again, just because I definitely think that's an incredibly useful tool. And thank you for that. And, and October 1st, you said, is when the book comes out and, and this podcast will launch a few days before that, and so that'll be great timing and right. uh, for that. But but thank you again, Rebecca. Thank you for the way you guys, in some ways, and I'm you know I'm I'm not trying to make it sound like you're a Chip and Joanna Gaines necessarily, but in some ways, you have invited a lot of us to see what your family's doing, and we appreciate that, and we're blessed by it, and so yeah. so we we really are grateful.
1: Thank you. Thanks for all that you do as well, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, have ma'am. A- Hope you have a great day.
1: Okay. Bye, bye.
0: So, man. So, Paul, we we have uh, that was very meaningful. Uh, the things that she shared, and I think, um, I think it's interesting because probably a lot of our listeners across the folks that are a part of the Brentwood Baptist Family of Churches probably a lot of them are driven by a task list. That would, I'm not saying everybody is, but I would say there's a good majority. And, and I feel like, I think I, what I worry about is these messages in this True North series and even these things that Rebecca's talking about, you know, are, do we dismiss them or, or do, we, do we even get a little bit of a hunger to say, let's try it but because it doesn't necessarily feel like a new task list, which we've almost trained ourselves to be driven by, right? Like, I mean, what I think that's what I want to encourage our listeners. I'd love to know what you would say and speak into that. Like, how how, how do they understand that this isn't like something I add into my task? Like, Like, it's a complete reorientation to thinking differently about tasks that that to think differently about what is life-giving and what's life-taking those kinds of things i mean i don't know what do you th- what, what's your thoughts on even how would you yourself process this as you think about how to live this out
2: yes yeah, so my first thoughts i guess as usual for me are theological uh, in in nature in that a traditional biblical theological framework for reading the scriptures is create uh, God creates, uh, we fall. God rescues us and then restores us with new creation. And when I hear, when I heard her talk through her four rhythms, I, I immediately attached them to those. Yeah, because they really are almost not necessarily in exact reverse order, but very similar to God. Yeah. So God rests after His creation, um, and she's suggesting we now need to rest on the front end because we've now gotten so far from God and distractions yeah. and don't think or act or live like kingdom people anymore. And then, uh, so once we rest, we then have restoration. We then connect within community, then create. Yeah. Whereas God sort of created, rested, connected. <laughs> uh, and then of course we rebelled and then he restored and connected to us again in the yeah. person and work of Christ and continues to do so. So I see a lot of just pure biblical theology, and natural, as you would like to say, creative redundancy in the scriptures yeah. popping out through these four rhythms. Mm. So I think for me, the, one of the big shifts, and like her, I mean, we're, we're all walking this and being sanctified every day, so it's not like we got it, yeah. quote unquote, but it's the book I'm looking at right now on my desk, Divine Conspiracy, mm. where Dallas Willard really pushes this idea of kingdom, kingdom, and, and we're more like apprentices yeah. than gophers mm. for God. It's good. Um, Disciples is is a fine word, a better word learner. And uh, Dallas Willard had it right. I think apprentice might even be the best word. Yeah. Is that we're apprenticed to become and look like and act like and live like Jesus did. And when we see ourselves as kingdom people in an inaugurated kingdom of God Hmm. uh, that will be consummated at some point fully uh, by the return of Christ. It changes how you see the task in your life. Yeah. It's not that you're doing different stuff necessarily, yeah. although we ought to if we're sinning, repent, reject, and turn yeah. the other way. Yeah. But a lot of our tasks won't change because you still have to provide for your family. You mm-hmm. still have to work. You still have to uh, be at certain functions, or as Mike Glenn likes to say, there's still chores to do for the family. Sure, But those tasks take on a nuanced meaning as a kingdom person where you're bringing glory to God with all that you do and you're inviting people who don't yet know God, those yet to believe, you're now inviting them into your kingdom life. And that puts a different perspective on going to a ball game with a friend. Yeah. Other than just to knock out a couple hours and, you know, be numb to the chaos of your life. Well, now you as a kingdom person, inviting a friend into your life to, to share a moment with and build shared experiences for deeper intimacy and transparency. It just takes on new life, even though you're doing the same stuff. That's right and and that's why i think your reorientation language is super helpful
0: yeah and it, and i i love that you said that because i think i think it's a for a lot of people it they've got to understand that it isn't do more and it isn't even just do less mm-hmm. although i think she's right that we may often have to do less in order to reorient mm-hmm but but it like we've, we've talked about this before, it's it's a do it with God. Like So it, whatever you're doing, so as you go to work, as you drive on your commute, as you date your spouse, as you engage in relationships and friendships, if you're not, you know, whether you're married or you're not, as you're a mom and a dad, as you're a grandmother or grandfather, as you're a child, as you're at school, like, you know, all of these elements, that's the as you're going language of Matthew 28, right? This isn't It's not a, you know, here's something now you've got to also add on or do like, no, no, as you are doing what you do, right? Like as you're going, go with me. And I think that's the, that's the shift, right? We've, 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 we've gotten, we've defaulted, I think, incorrectly that we will, we will invite people to this church building to do spiritual things Mm -hmm. when really Our gathering is a celebration of the spiritual things that we've been invited to do with God in our everyday life. And then we've invited other people into that. And then we gather one time a week, maybe for a large group, or maybe you gather weekly with a small group, whatever those rhythms are. And that's the celebration, the encouragement, the reminder of the way that you're engaging with him in the everyday. And those, that's the rhythms I think she's getting at, right? This, that's what's renewing, right? Like talk, that's, what's, that's And it's renewing because it's life-giving.
2: Yeah, and, and I like you say, you know, going, as we're going, as we're doing what we do. And it's just that term there, peruamai, just adds intent to it. I like, yeah. do it with intent, namely right. what Jesus then says to make disciples. Um, so it's, it is about giving up some things that we think are must-dos that really aren't. But more than not, it's about the things we already naturally do—the desires God gave us—that we do, uh, in, in inviting others into those. You always give this assignment to to churches you talk with, to discipleship cohorts you have, to our disciples making workshop that we do here about read the scriptures and look for the things that Jesus does repetitively, mm. and they're not they're not extraordinary in the <laughs> sense that we would think of. I mean, yeah. obviously, he does miraculous healings and calls Lazarus out of the tomb and and these sort of things. But the bulk of what he does is wander around, um, teaches when people are there with him. Uh, He goes to the temple as was his custom and reads scripture Mm -hmm. in the temple, teaches in the temple. Then he goes to people's houses and he eats and parties with them and teaches there. Um, And he's just constantly just on the move doing the normal things of everyday people. And he just happened to invite these 12 guys in particular to come with him in a more intimate way. He retreats and prays. Uh, He sends them out on work then takes them and retreats and prays with them and unpacks it. It's just, it's it's stuff that's not so foreign to what we do. And yet we, we make it unattainable in some ways. Uh, We made it, we make it so transcendent that it's it's tough to get around and we, we act like this is an extra layer of things that need to be added on to our life when a lot of what Jesus did was just live his yeah. with the kingdom perspective. I'm here to announce the kingdoms at hand. So right in hand or to Matthew yep. uh, four twenty three.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, I, one thing I, I have to remind myself of as an equipper and as a, as a pastor, one thing I have to try to remind other pastors of is we've got to get serious about, not busying people with church activity but instead equipping them to be the church in their activity and you know and that's that's the heart of this right like that's the that's the that's the big reorientation is what does it even mean to be the church in my life what how does church how does this disciple making mission how does abundant life right how does it reframe these things and and I think I think we agree on this, but I'm curious how you'd respond to this more assertive or dogmatic statement. Um, you know, I don't know that you can make disciples with Jesus if you don't take pause and Sabbath and abiding in these rhythms of renewal that we're suggesting. I'm not sure you can make disciples with Jesus if Sabbath or some type of... Um, living from the rest that we have and the relationship we have with God. And if that's not a part or a significant foundation of the rhythms that you do live out, I don't know that we will be able to effectively make disciples with Jesus.
2: Yes. I'll say a couple of things towards that. I think one is that the great commission tells us to a baptize people. So we're seeing them come to faith and profess Christ. Yeah. But then to teach them all that I've commanded you. And I think in terms particularly of John 15, 8, uh, the vine and the branches, uh, Jesus says you can't do anything unless you abide in me. Part of that abiding certainly is the resting sure. from which we then multiply and, and produce fruit. So I think it's part of Jesus' commands that we, that we have time for this rest. The second thing I'll say is that either you rest intentionally and, and help disciple and train others to do it well, or the rest will come find you. That's right. Which we call burnout. That's right. (laughs) So either way, you're going to end up resting. The question is, are you going to do it in a healthy way that's edifying, uplifting, and disciple producing, or are you going to do it in a discouraging way where it just grinds you
0: into the ground? Yeah. I encourage you to do the former.
2: (laughs) For sure. For sure. You know, too many burnout.
0: That's right. Proactive rest is usually a lot better than reactive rest, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because reactive rest, often brings some element of destruction with it, right? Whether there's destruction in your own life or something that hurts someone else. And so
2: don't convince yourself you're, you're not going to rest. You will.
0: That's right. That's right. That's going to come and, it biblically and, and talk about, I mean, I, I think, I think even the biblical narrative of Babel versus the, the, the Eden, presence type like like even that narrative of are we going to cultivate for the garden of life or are we going to cultivate for or are we going to build what man can build right and I think you know it maybe someone would say it's not that simple it's more complex well I, I, it is more complex in some ways but in some ways though the the foundational decision is am I going to live in the life-giving garden kind of life that God intended or am I going to live building babbles and you know, and I think that's the danger, and and we can even make like a for a mom, for instance, a mom can make what they build up in their kid a babble, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, like there's all kinds of ways that these yeah. things become a dialogue. Philosophical
2: knowledge and theology I sure, it. sure, is an idol for me. I really like the way Jay Strather says it, Pastor Jay at Station Hill Campus. But at one of our one of our trainings, he um, had come back from having taught in Africa, and he shared something. I guess he shares it a lot, but he shared it from that instance, but to not take Sabbath seriously would be to uh, essentially claim to God, proclaim to God, I can get more done in seven days without you Mm. than I can get done in six days with you. Wow! And that phrase always stuck with me, especially the language you like to use and you've coached me on, is that we want to be disciple makers with Jesus. Mm. Part of rest is so that you are in fact going with Jesus rather than this lone ranger approach that's eventually going to destroy you no yeah. matter how much immediate fruit you think you're getting. You're just, you're just a time bomb.
0: It's good. It's good. That's important. Well, I'm thankful Rebecca was willing to come on with us. I think, um, I think, uh, her, her book coming out October 1st, is <laughs> great timing. Yeah, and, and I'll put everything in the show notes where you can link to her bio her yeah.
2: pod and then also the uh, book and, so what like they're doing with Gabe and Q and all the rest.
0: Yeah, know. very good. And if you don't Great mind, stuff. yeah, and if you don't mind, try to link to their podcast too. They just launched that new podcast for sure. called Rhythms of Life, and they're being very intentional about trying to have conversations about this this very topic, right? And I think, I think for the sake of the series that we're in, this finding your way with tech and time and. I mean, this is just at the heart of it, right? And so my challenge to you as listeners would be don't address, don't just address the symptoms. Like in other words, don't just think that if I put my phone in a basket at eight o'clock at night and don't touch it again till the morning that I'm all of a sudden going to have some magical renewal. Like, Like don't just think that addressing symptoms is going to be like like really try to get at the heart of it, and so I hope you've enjoyed this time and 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 this episode, and look forward to uh, some of the upcoming episodes. Our next one will actually also be around the same topic, and and so I'm excited about that, and and um very hopeful uh, that this has been an encouragement to those listening. If you have any questions or. Any thoughts you want to send into us, you're welcome to do that. Uh, J. Dukes at Brentwoodbaptist.com or P Wilkinson at Brentwoodbaptist.com. And and as always, I you know, I don't say it every single podcast, I probably should. I just pray that we will, that we'll all continue to become, as Jesus makes us to become, uh, his disciples who make disciples with him. So thank you guys for listening.